Heavenly Father, you are so good. And Lord Jesus, you are so good. Father, I thank you right now for words to speak. Father, I thank you for words that you have for us to hear and understand, to comprehend and to walk out, Dad. Father, I thank you right now for just your very presence right here with us. Father, we glorify you with everything. You are so worthy to be praised. All of your creation praises you, Father. All of creation praises you, and we praise you too. Thank you for who you are, Father. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for the King that you are. And Father God, we praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So the, uh, the life of Jesus just absolutely fascinates me. Do you guys ever read scripture and, and you like read Jesus and the things that he says and it just like blows you away? Am, am I the only one who, who, who's in that position? No. no? I mean, Jesus was so raw with people. He, he, he just, he, the Bible says that, that he came in grace and truth. And so, you know, a lot of the things that Jesus said didn't really like sit well with culture and their society, but it was truth. He came to show them a different way. A lot of times people in our culture today say, well, well, Jesus's teachings was, well, that was for then. And, and, and now is a different time. And well, in fact, people didn't even like his teachings then, you know, it was totally contrary to their way of thinking. So Jesus came to like show them the world, us, that there's a different way. And I, I just, I love it. You know, the things that Jesus would speak and say, uh, sometimes it really offended people. Um, You know, Jesus spoke to all kinds of people. He spoke to um, large crowds, people that were there for like entertainment to like, okay, hey, this guy, Jesus, he's doing these healings. What's up with that guy? Let's kind of, let's, what are you doing? Let's go check out this guy. You know, what's going on with this Jesus cat? And then there's some that actually followed him because they wanted to be like him. And that would be called a disciple. A disciple is a disciplined learner of uh, their teacher. And so what a disciple would do is they would listen to their teacher in, uh, in, in a heart's desire to be like their teacher one day, just like their teacher one day. And so there's lots of teachers and there was therefore lots of disciples. And you could be a teacher of anything. And, and Jesus just happened to be uh, a teacher sent from God. And so, <laughs> and so you have some people. Yeah, it just so happens to be. And so you have people that wanted to follow Jesus Christ to be like him. And so again, you've got Jesus saying these teachings and, 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 and bringing forth truth to a multitude of people. And then some people that really, really cared, that they like literally ate with them, um, you know, they, 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 they walked with him everywhere, they slept with him, and they, they were just, they committed their lives to him because they wanted to follow in his ways. And, you know, a lot of, um, <clears throat> a lot of Jesus' teachings are, are pretty difficult um, to understand and to, and to take in. Um, sometimes Jesus' teachings and the, the way that he spoke uh, was difficult, one, from the aspect of it was just hard to understand. It, it was difficult to understand. And that would require the hearer 
to come and ask Jesus questions or, 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 or meditate on what was said to uncover the truth that was there. And then sometimes the saying was just difficult because it required the hearer to actually evaluate where their heart's at and make a change. Because Jesus is like, look, this is truth. The Bible says that Jesus, Jesus came and that he did not care about the opinions or the appearances of men. He just wasn't swayed by it. He just came to speak truth. So despite, he's like, you know, whether you like it or not, I've come to speak what the Father has told me to share with you. This is truth, and, and you can take hold of it, or, or you cannot take hold of it. And so I was talking about the difficult sayings that Jesus said. I mean, he would say something like, this is a saying, uh, and this is a teaching that was literally like difficult to like grasp. When Jesus said, whoever eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood, if you don't do that, you don't have any life in you. And like some of the people listening are like, hmm, Jesus? <laughs> like, uh, and, and you know, in the context of what he was saying, some of the people, some of the like religious leaders of their time were super offended by it. Didn't phase Jesus and this is, just what I'm telling you is truth. And then there's some of the sayings uh, such as this that were literally difficult for the hearers to, uh, to, to, to really take in. And, uh, and that is found in John 6. No, I want to go to Luke, Luke 14, 25. Okay, so here we go. In, in Luke 14, 25, as we said, now great crowds accompanied Jesus. Again, there, there's, he's got lots of followers. Some are just there to be entertained. Some really, really want the meat. And, uh, and he's got everyone there, and he's walking, and, and he turns, and he said to them, if anyone comes after me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he can't be my disciple. When I read this the other day, I just started laughing. I'm like, Jesus, you're so raw, man. Like, if, <laughs> if I'm walking with Jesus, and if I'm like John or Peter, I'd be like, Yo, Jesus, like, you can't be talking to people like that. Like, you can't, you can't, like, like there's a better, there's probably a better way to massage it to make them feel a little bit more comfortable. But no, he's, he's, he's making a point here. He's making a point here. Not literally you have to hate your dad or you have to hate your mother, but it's to love them less. You have to love them less. You have to love the greatest thing to you. You have to love that less. In their culture, having honor for your family members was like top priority as a Jew. Top priority. But Jesus is like, yes, even... He's making a very strong point here. Yes, even your family members, I have to be of greater value in your heart. <clears throat> and then he says in verse 27, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me, you cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. 
Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. What Jesus is talking about here is it's the cost of discipleship. When he's talking about the man, uh, you know, building a foundation, you know, it, it was very honorable for men of their time to, to, to contribute to a, a building or a foundation. And if he didn't have enough funds to make that building complete and secure, if that building or that foundation that he paid to contribute to actually build, if that was cheaply built, if he didn't have enough money to truly finish the job, all of society would look at him and be like, dude, Come on. And, and it, was, it, it wasn't a good position to be in. So Jesus is like, the cost of discipleship, the cost of completing the task at hand, weigh that cost. And Jesus said the cost here to follow him, the context is following Jesus, the cost to follow Jesus is to renounce all that you have. Yeah, this is a difficult saying. This is a difficult saying here this morning. I I so believe that this is very difficult for a lot of us to take in, but this is truth. This is this is absolute truth. Jesus is saying, look, it's it's what I want from you is to be number one in your heart. We sang that song, King of My Heart. And is he king of your heart? Is Jesus Christ king of your heart? It's like a love relationship. So when I got married to my wife, I got a I I did away with all the other phone numbers in my phone. Okay? It wasn't like, Danny, let's get married. I want to be one with you. And then I'm texting a couple other girls here on the side. It doesn't work like that. She's like, yo, in order to be mine, I have to be number one in your heart. And that's the same thing Jesus is saying with us. He's not asking anything greater than that very metaphor of, of what marriage looks like. Your spouse wants your whole heart. Jesus wants your whole heart. It's a love relationship. And my prayer really this morning and for all of us is that we just come into a deeper love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, this is eternal life that they know you the only true God, and that you know Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So if we want eternal life, if we really want to obtain what God has allowed for us to obtain, we got to know him and we got to know Jesus Christ. So many of, it's just crazy. I, I was talking with Danny about it, my wife, and so many problems that we face today, it would, it's honestly resolved when we know Jesus Christ. It's unbelievable. I know a lot of the problems that we face. Some of us in this room, some of us that are listening in and just people I come in contact with. And the answer is Jesus. When you come to know the one who you were made to look like, boy, a lot of of things just don't really matter that hurt your feelings or that, you know, rise up against you or circumstances. Those things just kind of fall by the wayside when you come to know your Lord. 
Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, he said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, he'll find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with the angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. What I want to focus right here is is, is losing your life, losing what you deem important, losing what you deem uh, as, as, as your very purpose, because it's your purpose, your life is going to be found in the life of Jesus Christ. Romans 8.29 says, for those whom he foreknew, who, who God foreknew, who God knew about, he predestined them to be conformed to the image of his son. So God knew about you, and he predestined you to look like Jesus Christ. That's where your life is found. That's where your purpose is found. That's where your value is found. That's where you understand how loved and how cherished, and like Doug said earlier, that you are an absolute masterpiece. Your life in Christ looks different than my life in Christ. But your purpose, your drive, what, 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 what you want to fill your heart is found in the life of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus is talking about. If you lose what you deem is is worthy, money, uh, riches of the world, if, if, if you just get off of that stuff, I've got something so much better for you. Your true life is found in me. So yeah, he says take up your cross. So it's like essentially like you have to die to yourself. There's things in my life that I, I've had to die to in order to walk closer with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm glad to do it. It, it kind of stings at first because you, you've, 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 you've seen such value in that. But then when you see what's on the other side, it's just like, whoa, that's useless. It's almost like if, if I gave you $20 and you're, and, you're, and you're gripping it in your hand, you're like, dude, I love this $20 bill. This is just like, this is so good. I'm so thankful to have money. And then I'm like, okay, now I want to give you a $100 bill. And you're like, no, this $20 bill, it's just $20 bill. It's just, and you're gripping in your hand and you won't let go of that thing. And since you won't let go of that thing, you can't obtain the next gift. You can't obtain the $100 bill that I have for you. And so I, wanna, I, wa- I want you to ask yourself this question. What is it do you feel that you're holding on to that, is, that is, is prohibiting a closer relationship with your heavenly father? Like Glenn mentioned earlier, he's like, dude, I loved smoking. I, I, it was a good feeling. It, it, it was good in that season. But I felt in the heart of hearts when I looked in the mirror, when I fell asleep at night, I felt that that was hindering my walk with my creator and that there's something better on the other end. And it's difficult, and I know everyone who's, who's been trapped in anything, I can speak from this from very firsthand experience, it is difficult to let that thing go. Because it's very, very uncomfortable. But when you do, you get to see God 
back up his word with power and show you just how good it is on his side. When you take his word for something. But yeah, it requires you to die to yourself. Where it's like, I, I, I'm, I, I'm dead to that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to die to cigarettes. <laughs> I'm going to die to that desire. I'm going to die to that desire. Because I know there's something better. I believe, I have faith that there's something better in regards to what you have spoken in your word. And what you've promised me, God, I believe there's something better. And there is, man, there's... Jesus put it like this, it's so good. He's like, in, in, in Matthew 13, 44, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that was hidden in a field that a man found, and when he found it, he covered it up, and then in his joy, he goes off and sells everything that he had to obtain that field. What I liked, what, when, when reading this, it's so neat because you see this man who's searching for something. You don't just come across the treasure in a field. You, everyone's searching for something, just like this man. He's searching for something. Everyone is searching for something. And this man found the treasure in this field. And because it was, it was of great worth, he covered it up. And then he goes off in his joy, excited, excited to sell off everything he had so that he could buy that field. Because once you come to know what God has got for you, gone. I'm, yeah, it might sting, but I'm happy to give that up to obtain what he has for me. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. Jim Elliott is, uh, was a, uh, a missionary who was martyred in the 50s, and there's a famous quote by him. He says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Do you know that everything that God promises you has eternal weight? The things that God promises you the treasures, God's treasures, that ain't going anywhere. No situation, no circumstance can steal those things from you. Not even death. Not even death. Do you know that when we die, we can't take our money with us? We all know that. We can't take our house with us. We can't take our boats with us. We can't take any of those things. The treasures that God has for us, though, those things are eternal. Those are absolutely eternal. Jesus asks a huge like price for us, right? He's like, yo, you have to deny yourself if you want to follow me. You have to lose yourself. You have to be willing to, to die to yourself. You have to love me more than everything. That's what you have to do to obtain Jesus' promises, though, because there's such a better way. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, come to me all who labor or all who are weary or are heavy laden or anyone who carries heavy burdens. He's like, come on, 
Come on, come to me. If, if you feel like you've been doing life on your own and you've been struggling and you you've just feel heavy, weighed down and burdened with a lot of the things that this world is going to throw at you, he's like, come to me. It's an invitation. He says, come on to me. Come on. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Be a disciple of his. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest in your souls. You will find rest in your souls. So many of us don't have rest in our souls. Don't have rest in our souls. He wants to give us that. Raise your hand if you want rest in your soul. If you want to, f- <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. It's gonna, it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna cost you to let go of what you've been holding on to. You've been Lord over your own life. And sometimes, although I confess that Jesus is my Lord, I still try to take that Lordship on, on my own. I try to take these burdens on. I try to, you know, I don't, actually, I don't try to take burdens on. I just end up taking burdens on when I do things on my own. And Jesus says, come on, there's a better way. There's a better way. Come and follow me. Learn from me. See, we a lot of times say that Jesus is our Lord, but we're not following him and we're not serving him. See, the lordship of Jesus Christ is far outside just going to a church or saying it's part of a group you go to or shopping churches to see where you get the best feeling No, the lordship of Jesus Christ is where each moment of your life you say, I don't have to worry about me anymore because I'm the apple of your heart. I'm I'm the very center of your heart and you desire nothing but the best for me. You fight for me. You've provided to me all things and I'm following you. I'm gonna take every decision to you. Every decision I have to make on this, I'm going to take it to you. I'm going to learn from you. I'm going to read the scriptures and see how you handled situations, how you dealt with people. And that's what I want. Because we're, just, we're called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. He never says be Christians. Never says be Christians. Never said that. He said be, be disciples. And then he commanded us to go make disciples. There's a big difference. I don't want to be like the people in the crowds that were just there to be entertained from Jesus. They didn't get the full truth. Jesus told his disciples, he says, to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven have been given. Because his disciples came to him. They inquired about the things that Jesus taught. They said, Jesus, tell us about that. What does that mean? I don't even understand that. I don't even understand that. Tell me about that. When we read scripture, when you hear a message, are we taking it back to God and are we asking the Lord Jesus Christ? We say, teach me, Lord. What did you mean by that? What does that mean in my life? How do I apply that? Like, how, how would you do that? That's what he wants. And he will teach us. And not will he just teach us with his arms crossed, but he will open his arms up and say, let me show you the way. And he's given us the Holy Spirit. All of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ have been given the Holy Spirit into our hearts. It says that Jesus Christ poured forth 
the Father's Holy Spirit into all those that confess that he is Lord. And so therefore, we have a power that can enable us to do the things that God has spoken and encouraged us to do. Do you ever, you ever come in contact with people, as I'm sure you do, and, and you just know what they love? Because they talk about it. When you talk about, when you talk about people, and, and, and before they can, right after they tell you their name, they, they pull up pictures of their kids, and they tell you about their kids, and, you know, so on and so forth. Or, you know, uh, someone likes working out, they're telling you about their workout, or they're, they're happy to tell you about what new diet they're on, because that's constantly what they're thinking about. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, What's in your heart is going to come out of your lips. I had, a, <laughs> I had, I had an appointment last uh, Thursday with, uh, with a patient that came in, and this individual was, um, there was a lot of the world coming out in him. When I say the world coming out in him, uh, the cares of the world Riches. All I heard about was money, boats, um, partying, drinking, um, famous people, uh, and just like for a good solid hour. And <laughs> and what I didn't mention is when I when I took him into my office, he he sat up in the lobby. And, well, he stood up in the lobby, and and it was like oh! he did one of these, oh! and and he's like sorry. And I said, whoa, dude, you're not in a good position. What's going on, man? He said, oh, I, I pulled my oblique. And he's like, it just, it just really hurts. So he, he comes into my office, he sits down, and then I hear about all these things that are like just so big on his heart, which are like literally I didn't do any talking for an hour. This guy's telling me about money and all these things. And, and after our time, uh, God just put it on my heart. He said, we're going to heal this guy. And... And if I could be very honest, in my time with this individual, I was like, it was Friday at four, and I'm like, I just want to get out of this meeting with you. It's draining. It's draining. Has anyone been in a conversation with someone where it's just draining? <laughs> oh, Jesus. And so um, I was like, no, I am commanded by my Lord to love this individual to pray for this individual. And so we stand up. He does the same thing. And I said, dude, I said, let me, let me pray over you, man. I said, uh, I've seen God work some amazing things. And I said, I believe he wants to heal this right now. And uh, he's like, uh, totally like just <laughs> system overload this guy. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm like, can I pray for you? I just want to put my hand here. He says, I-, I would absolutely love that. And so I prayed over him. I commanded the pain to be gone in the name of Jesus. And I, I-, I spoke some other words over him. And he's standing there like this. He's like, oh, what was that? What was that? What just happened, man? And I said, I'm like, dude, that's, that's, that's God, man. He just loves, he's like, no, really, man, what did you just do? He's like, look at the hair on my arms. They're standing up. He's like, I felt something come from my head all the way down to my toes. And he's like, this doesn't hurt anymore. What did you just do to me? And I said, that's God's power, and he loves you so much. I was like, that's the power in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And he's like, no, really. He's like, what, did, what just happened? He's like, I'm a Christian. I believe too. I believe too. But what just happened? What did you just do? And he's like, and I'm so, I can't believe you just prayed for me. And he, this guy's now, he's totally fired up. And then um, uh, he just started to share that his wife, he's a Christian and his wife has been praying for him every day. And, and, and I just told him, I just believe that God had brought him into my office for us to meet. And, and I bring up that story for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first one being, here's a brother in Christ that out of the abundance of his heart, he's confessed that Jesus is his Lord, but out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth has been speaking. Spoke to me for a full hour about the things that do not matter. About things that just do not matter. That he will not be taking with him once he dies. But yet it consumes his whole world up here. And then secondly, well, God's amazing power. Uh, for those of us that believe. The Bible says that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow those that believe. I just believe that the Lord was going to work through me, and I'm, but it's up to me to step up and just say, dude, let me pray over you. Thirdly, he was floored that I prayed over him. He was floored that I talked about the things of God with him. And he's not the only one. A lot of people are floored when you talk about anything about God. Or you say, let me, how can I pray for you? Or, like, that's kind of crazy, man, that people are so floored when you talk about the things of God in this world. As, this, as, as followers of Jesus Christ, as every, there's so many people that have confessed that Jesus is their Lord, but they won't say peep. How many times have you heard people are saying, like, well, that's, that's you know, I like to keep my faith to myself, and it's like, okay, I get that. But Jesus said, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. And whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father in heaven. That's another tough one. <laughs> Jesus was raw. He was real. He didn't, he didn't hold any punches. He just says it like it is. So I, I just believe that there's a lot of things that, um, that are stirring in our hearts right now regarding the lordship of Jesus Christ. Even if you've confessed that Jesus is your Lord and you know all these verses that I've spoken and you know it in the Greek, I still guarantee you that there are things that you need to die to today. so that you can obtain what God has for you. Not just because it's, this is just what you need to do. We all have the choice to choose his way or our way. Come on up, guys. I want to close in a verse right now. It's in John eleven twenty. It's a really short verse. Jesus just gets word that Lazarus, Lazarus has died, his friend, and you know the story, Jesus goes and raises him from the dead, but he's going to Lazarus' house, and Martha knows he's coming, so what she does, she goes out and meets him. Don't miss it. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ is coming back? If you don't, let's talk after, for real. 
I want to go meet Jesus before he gets back here. That's my prayer for each of you, that you go out and meet Jesus. You go out and meet the Lord Jesus Christ. That you take this scripture, you take it to heart, you take the time he's given us in this free country, take some time to go find him, like Pat said, in the quietness of some cabin or the quietness uh, of your bedroom or your house, go find him, go meet him, because I guarantee you there's so much that he wants to share with you. There's so much he wants to teach you. He wants to show you things that your eyes could not even fathom. He wants to reveal to you promises that God has for you. And even some of those promises and some of Jesus' teachings, they're hard, they're hard to understand. But like Peter said, after Jesus said, yo, unless you drink of, or you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no life in you. He asked his disciples, so a lot of people stopped following Jesus then. But he asked, he looks at his guys, his 12, and he says, so what do you guys want to do? Are you guys going to go away too? And Peter says, Lord, yeah, although that's a tough saying, to whom shall we go? Who else would we serve? For we know and we have come to believe that you are the Son of God, that you have words of eternal life. So I want to pray right now, if everyone could just pray with me. Father, I I just pray and thank you, Father, for revealing your son to us. Just like you told Paul, you reminded him that he was set apart before he was born, and you called him by your grace, and that you were pleased to reveal Jesus to him. You were pleased to reveal your son to him. And so, Father, I ask you right now, in the name of Jesus, that you reveal more of your son to each of us so that we can know you, our creator. We can know your good ways. And then we could follow after our Lord Jesus Christ. For the words of our Lord spoke, and he said, Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. And Father, we know that whoever serves the Son, as your word says, you personally will honor that individual. So Father, we want to go where our Lord is going. We want to be where he's at. And I thank you, Father, for opening our eyes up to areas that we are serving ourselves or we're serving temporal things, things of the world. And I thank you, Father, for just revealing how good you are and revealing the way of your Son so that we can walk in that way, so that we can be the vessels of light, we can walk in the freedom that you've called us to walk in, that you've made so available to us, that no sin on us, no hindrance of fellowship with you would stand a chance 
in comparison to your love and your power that is at work over us and those that choose you and your son. So Father, thank you for words this morning to speak. Dad, I would just love you so much. Thanks for wrecking our hearts and just building this up so that we can grow so strong as you've called us to be. Father, we love you, and it's in the name of Jesus Christ I pray. Amen.